0: Midday Knowledge. Hello, my name is Unopa Chiramobaiwa and I am the program coordinator for the FVZS Institute. And I'm so pleased to welcome you to the first episode of the new season of the Midday Knowledge Podcast. This podcast was pre-recorded as part of our midday knowledge sessions, with the topic being navigating life as an employee and positioning the self in relation to the world of work, presented by none other than Shibu Mamabolo. Enjoy.
1: Yes, thanks. Uh, Good afternoon, colleagues. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me to have this afternoon or midday talk. Uh, As Numpi has uh, introduced me, we are responsible for employee wellness or well-being and I don't work alone within the Office of Employee Wellness, so we have different partners within Stellenbosch University and our aim is to really uh, optimise the resources that we have internally in order to uh, create a well-balanced workforce that is able to function optimally. And it's a really daily struggle because we try to balance between career and our work balances. So it becomes very challenging for individuals, especially within the work environment, to balance the both. And also we strive to create a caring and supportive uh, work environment where there's no other issues uh, that impede on productivity or career advancement for individuals. So our partners and stakeholders, it's the quality unit that I work very close with and disability unit in order to accommodate individuals who are having difficult um, disability needs when it comes to accommodating them in different work environments and providing the necessary resources so that they can function optimally. And our core partner is Campus Health Services uh, that provides uh, medical support for staff members, including the occupational return to work. Now that we've been working remotely and we are gradually staging back, so it's another hassle from individuals when it comes to mental health and people uh, adjustments. We adjust differently as individuals, so we are busy uh, with those individuals who are struggling with mental health and they've been away for some time, or those who have been working remotely, they've experienced COVID and they're still experiencing long COVID symptoms. So we also assist in making sure that they return slowly. We reintegrate them back to the work environment and we reintroduce them to uh, the work environment and their nature of the resources that they need to perform optimally we partner with a transformation office relating to transformation issues within the workspace facilities management multi-sports and corporate communication and marketing so we're currently working uh, or upgrading the wellness website in order to uh, encompass all the partners internally and external that make sure that we are uh, creating the supportive and enabling work environment we we have uh, two focus areas when it comes to uh, wellness services within Stellenbosch uh, University. Our wellbeing services has two focus areas. The first focus area is the individual wellbeing. That has the three components within it, the psychosocial wellness. We have uh, life health solutions that provides employee wellness services that provides the counselling services either telephonically, face to face, and they also offer financial support, legal support. Uh, They offer it telephonically for staff and their family members. So the services are available for staff and their immediate family, and we offer uh, three to six sessions for individuals, for those who need support or counselling. We have uh, psychologists, counsellors, and uh, social workers within this network of services. And we can also uh, network with other practitioners, even if there is a need that an employee needs to see a psychiatrist, educational psychologist, or any other uh, expect. We do have our small network within the EWP uh, services. And there are other costs that are upon the Stellenbosch University and for the individuals. So, for example, if an employee needs to see uh, an educational psychologist or they need to see a psychiatrist, there are instances where, yes, we can link with our internal resources. If the internal resource is not available, then the member needs to uh, cover the cost of seeing the educational psychologist or maybe the psychiatrist. And the second component within the individual well-being is the physical uh, wellness or physical activities. That's the fitness uh, activities that we like to, to coordinate within different environments and we're working very closely with um, Matisse Sports and Matis Gymnasium. They're creating a- activities and awareness each month for staff members and there's also some discounts that are there and Uh, For this year, we're looking into having Fitness Challenge, the Biggest Losers, or even uh, the annual sports days where it's it's recreational and fitness days. So we're planning to have such an event somewhere around October. So it will be communicated very soon together with the fitness challenge that are building up towards the sports day or the annual sports and recreational activity day. And the last component is the health and productivity management where we consolidate the leave or sickness records of employees, especially those who are of sick for 30 days. We need to be notified from HR side in order to manage and mitigate the risk uh, that impacts the employees, especially for those who are of sick. It doesn't need to be any mental health. It needs to be any other type of sickness so that we work in partnership with our campus health clinic and uh, Yabi from HR when it comes to disability claim. We have uh, an insurer, which is Momentum currently, which manages our our disability claims. So for staff who have been away for more than 10 days uh, from work due to an illness, we need to inform our uh, insurer so that if there is a need for us to manage the illness that creates more absences from work then we know how to manage it earlier we identify early and we come up with preventative actions and support to the individual so that it doesn't come to a point when employee it's uh, booked off sick for more than a month or to 3 months then they have to lose time away from work and when they have to come back the reintegration most of the time doesn't happen in different environments and there are possibilities of relapses and after relapse there will be some burnout. out. So we want to uh, manage the, the risk earlier so that uh, we come up with preventative actions and support to the individual and their our secondary clientele which is their family. Sometimes even employees experiencing challenges uh, physical health that impacts themselves and their family. We need to uh, come up with a support structure so that they are they they become well um, emotionally, physically, and in any way. And we also extend the support to the family members, especially for those who are caring the ill patients. Then we also extend our support. And the second component is around organizational well-being services. So we'd like to market our services. So um, I'm giving you a brief background on programs and what is it that it offers. So there's a detailed presentation on the list of services that we're offering and the types of uh, guidelines or documents that are available, especially for line managers, when it comes to referring employees or providing support to employees who are experiencing challenges or concerns within the workspace that impacts on their performance. So there are other uh, documents that needs to be completed by the line manager before they refer an employee to wellness services. So a line manager needs to observe the employee, document uh, whatever concerns that they see, sit down uh, with an employee because now we're working in a hybrid uh, method where we need to now and then check in with an employee, how far are they when it comes to task? When it comes to their well-being, then if there are points of consent, then the line manager can make a referral, and they have to consent the employee to re- receive support from wellness services. Then we have the wellness-related training or workshops that are uploaded on our Oracle system. So we encourage staff to go on our HR website. Um, I mean, yeah, website and register for the trainings that are there. And we also tailor make uh, presentations or workshops as per the environment. You know yourselves very well within this environment. <clears throat> and what is it that it's needed? Then we can craft around the topics that are of importance and they meet, they meet your needs. Then we can render such services. We also do trends analysis and develop intervention so based on the one on one the from the first component of individual well-wellness for those employees who use their careway services and the internal resources we do create uh, from those trends we create uh, a spreadsheet of what is it that staff are concerned about and again on our climate and culture survey from 2017 19 and 2021 we also consolidate uh, the feedback from staff. Then we give feedback to the work environment and also from the Institutional Committee on Staff Health and Wellness. The interventions that we need to take from the managers, what is it that they need to do in order to support and enhance uh, staff wellness within their respective environments. So there has been a com- official communication from Institutional Committee on business continuity regarding return to workplace arrangements. So uh, the newsletter, it's in detail with regard to what is it that is expected from us as employee and what is it expected from the line managers when it comes to uh, returning back to work uh, environment or to the physical building in Stellenbosch University. So each and every individual uh, individual environments, they have uh, different styles of how they operate. So the newsletter or the official communication, it it goes in detail, but at the same time, it doesn't want to take away the flexibility around the working environment. And also it emphasizes the hybrid working model. So managers need to engage staff on different roles and expectations. What is it that they expected and uh, what is it that they expect from employees should they return seven days or five days should they return two to three days but the communication is emphasizing that we should return two to three days uh, working days that we can do full uh full working hours within the workspace not uh, uh, objecting or dismissing the lessons that we have learned in the two two years that we've been working remotely, that it gives us the comfort of flexibility and also uh, individuals, uh, their well-being, how they arrange the things because we have those who are having small children, they still need to drop off from school or in some way they have to drop off their kids and we have people with our families, they need time. So, each and every environment, they have to design it according to their their needs. And we also understand that there's the challenge of integrating staff appointed remotely. So, there are employees who were appointed in 2020, they haven't been physically to Stellenbosch University. They met their colleagues online. And as we return from remotely to the physical building, it becomes very difficult for them to form partnership with uh, or to have that social conversation with with staff members. So uh, it's another uh, component that line managers need to take cognizance of uh, reintegrating uh, staff who have been re- appointed remotely having to meet them face-to-face, uh, engaging with them, as compared to how we did it remotely. It's it's good to have that face-to-face engagement as compared to this uh, online platform. And also we see that there's an opportunity when it comes to hybrid working, which provides uh, flexibility. And we see those with personality traits of uh, introverts, they do enjoy remote working and they're able to do far more than when they're in the physical building so we're encouraging that people should continue with that hybrid working and with with the working remotely we saw that it came with the benefits uh, in working in teams versus working in isolation we see that there's there has been some collaboration and engagement so during 2020 uh, there has been some dif- different committees that we we sit, uh, I sit in, and there are lessons that we we used to discuss and learn from other committees that were impo- appointed within the institution. We had a committee on staff health and wellness and HR related issues. So in that committee, we used to discuss uh, the challenges on working remotely and challenges of working uh, in teams or the benefits of working teams and the benefits of working in isolation and these disadvantages of working in isolation so we see that the benefit of working in teams there has there is enhanced collaboration and engagement so now and then we engage with one another we collaborate with one another and we clarify where there is some misunderstanding when we're working in teams, though, yes, there are team dynamics and there are boundaries that are need to be observed there. But at least working uh, in teams, it's much better because we are able to meet and do more. It's an opportunity for us employees to create innovative ways of curriculum or strategy conceptualization and the interpretation thereof of that strategy the way i understand things is way different to what the other it's interpreting them or it's it's reading and the implementation thereof so we come up with ways of implementation how best can we uh, implement the strategy and the concept conceptualization <laughs> of of it And the other benefit is strengthened partnerships and sharing of resources. So during these two two years of working remotely, there has been some strengthened partnerships and sharing of resources. Uh, I managed from the wellness side, we managed to have uh, strong relations within Stellenbosch University, different structures that are dealing with wellness and within faculties, within departments, and even externally that we are able to benchmark, we we check up with other universities, what is it that they are doing and uh, how is it that we can uh, enhance collaboration, partnerships within the workspace and the related trends uh, within the workspace. So we saw partnerships and sharing of resources uh, and it created uh, a lighter burden from the wellness side. That at least there are a pool of resources that we can pull out of, and make sure that people get the necessary support. Because we saw during 2020, um, because wellness was not yet capacitated, so we thank COVID. Because of it, we have Kways as our service provider rendering the emotional support. So during COVID, March 2020, we saw a Department of Psychiatry and Psychology Department coming in to volunteer to provide support. So that's another way of strengthened partnerships, working together in order to share the available resources. So there were also support groups that were created during um, COVID, uh, yeah, during 2020 and 2021. And the small support groups individuals coming together and offering their care and support for staff within Stellenbosch University and even outside and the downside of working in isolation we saw uh, uh, individuals uh, being overwhelmed uh, having feelings of fear now that you're working remotely you don't have uh, face-to-face contact with others, then you have your own personal fears, fears of uncertainty, because obviously it's COVID times, it's the pandemic, we don't know what will happen tomorrow, we are guaranteed of the here and now. So there are those who are struggling, they struggled with fear mental health, fear of missing out or the formal, uh, because now they want to be on social media, they want to be everywhere so that they don't miss out on information. And they want to know how is everything, how is everyone. They strive to share themselves and even with the others. And there's also a sense of loss or uh, of control. So there are those who, because now I'm working remotely, I don't have control of certain things and it creates anxiety for other people. And it also depends on personality or individual traits. So there are those who enjoyed working remotely and they were able to do more and there are those who couldn't uh, do work and we saw formal managerial referrals from line managers because during these two years especially in 2020 there were those people who were relapsing uh, resorting to uh, alcohol use and substances because they can they cannot cope they 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 get their energy and vibe from from being Around people. So if they are locked down and they don't have that control, then they just resort to something that can control their anxieties, and then people relapse to more use of alcohol and other substances. The next slide. So now that people, uh, we saw individuals and, and line managers consent of, of the possible relapse uh, when, it comes, when it comes to mental health and when it comes to the use of substances, then it was important for, for individuals to really understand themselves, though so it has been very hard because of COVID and certain times and we're still in, in those times then it's important for self-care and to offer support to the others. So self-care is very important during this time, but at the same time, it's a challenge. You, some individuals, they don't know how to start when it comes to self-care. So uh, what psychology defines self-care as providing adequate attention to one's own physical and psychological wellness. And it's very difficult when it talks about physical how often do we listen to our body, our physique? How tense am I? And how connected am I? Do I really have that time to myself? Do we sometimes, uh, as Shell as has mentioned earlier, reflect? Yes, there are those who are able to reflect, introspect, but sometimes it's very difficult. And when you introspect, you see things that you don't like within yourself and they create anxiety and they they trigger emotions that are unpleasant. So how do you support yourself and even support the others? And when it comes to the the psychology, uh, the psychological wellness, uh, the psychological wellness, it encompasses more or less four, four spheres where it touches on the nature or the environment. Where are you? We belong into community. We belong into society. We belong into groups, families, and all. And within those uh, environment, how well are they you, within your community where you stay? Your residence. You stay in Somerset. You stay in Belleville. The surroundings where you stay. How well is it? It does influence on your well-being, on your mental well-being in your functioning how how are you your purpose your identity your role your meaning in life uh, are you able to reflect on those are you able to identify what is it that uh, means uh, or what your purpose in life and within that psychology wellness we see the behavior the cognitive uh your behavior how how is it within the workspace and if you're a carer, are you able to de from your caring, uh, from your workspace to, and your transition to your other role, being a parent, a mom, a father or a sister or whatever role that you hold within your community, within your society, within your groups? Are you able to uh, link them from your work side to, to the community or the environment? And the mental, the emotional, spiritual intellect, are you able to... Uh, care for yourself when it comes to your intellect, your spirituality, how connected are you or disengaged are you emotionally, are you in touch with your emotions, are you able to allow yourself to feel those emotions. So those are the other components within the self-care and the support for the others and even the others that you work with within the workspace and even your communities or your environment are you able to observe them and when you see that there is a need for this person to receive uh, mental care are you able to reach out are you able to promote their mental health and maintain their mental health because it's 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 a it's a it's a dual uh, process where i care for myself and I also care for the others because if i don't care for myself i won't be able to identify the other when they're not caring for themselves So there's that need of caring for the carers. And again, uh, research shows that nurturing the mind, body, and soul can help us to be more effective at whatever we put our minds to. But then there's another paradox into, into that regard, because our mental and physical health is important for our education and career. But our education and career impedes the time and energy we have for our mental and physical health do we allow that and sometimes now that we beg it's february uh, the end of the month already for sure some of you uh it's crazy it, it has been very crazy already the momentum is picking up There's workload that needs to be done so sometimes our career impedes on our our way of taking mental health. When we knock off, we're feeling very drained. We don't have that time to just uh, relax and focus on ourselves. Then we are in that red race of meeting deadlines, producing this and producing that. We have the key learnings uh, from uh, our pandemic. We had opportunities and we had challenges within the wellness office so we had our challenges emotional support as a resource for staff lack of trust during a remote working uh, from line managers and the employees that's another thing that has been one of the flaking issues especially on our committee on uh, staff well-being and hr related matters and er has been going on and advising when it comes to uh, the frequent breaks the importance of taking leave and the flexible working arrangement and the leave guidelines that we had to uh, advise on especially during COVID and I mean during 2020 and 2021 and those documents they're still ongoing the importance of making sure that uh, even if you receive an email uh, around 12 or whatever time because people were working on the clock now that we were working remote or we're still working remotely People, uh, their rhythm is different to the others. So others' rhythm, it's they feel more awake and more productive around the a.m.s or very late at night or late in the afternoon. And people were reporting that they feel overwhelmed and compelled to respond to those emails and requests around those odd hours or around that time. And we we had, we, Prof. Nico calls them the Mutobi breaks, and the guidelines that speaks around the response on emails and the rhythm of responding thereof that it doesn't need to to be responded as an agent thing. Once you receive it, you can acknowledge and report respond appropriately when the time permits. Then, from the wellness side, we experienced the face to face training uh, that needed to continue. We we managed to. Um, migrate mostly of our sessions uh, remotely. We conducted sessions virtually and others were, were face-to-face Where the environment's needs, uh, face-to-face interaction. We had to do some debriefing for the front care workers uh, that was face-to-face debriefings and continuous support for them. And we saw opportunities around uh, the capacity increase on wellness support and uh, designing session for wellness, for line managers on how to engage staff remotely, because they were struggling with how to engage, especially how to manage employees when it comes to remote working. And we saw opportunity of weekly communication by management through newsletters, and encouragement of using the EWP or the employee wellness platform uh, for staff, for those who are in need of emotional support.
0: Um, so I'm going to open up the floor, um, and by floor I mean the chat room. Um, if anyone has sort of any questions that they would like to pose, um, but for now I think I will start off by just sort of asking you um, one question, um, and this is for you know someone like me, but also a lot of us who are part of um, you know um, the centre altogether. Um, And what I wanted to sort of ask you is what is some sort of key advice that you would give individuals who are transitioning from you know being students and obviously you know living the student life and having sort of specific timetables and and ways of being whilst being a student and then transitioning to sort of being a young professional in the working world um because there's a lot of us um who are you know part of of the team who you know are either students and we're still studying or you know we've just transitioned from being students to being full-time employees um, and yeah what how how does one sort of navigate those roles and realizing that, you know, now with a new sort of way of being comes new ways of having to do things?
1: So the, the, the key advice or the tips uh, for those who are transitioning, it, it's, it's quite exciting and also uh, challenging for the young adults transitioning from being a student to a young professional. So and it depends with whether uh, it's an advantage for those who have been students uh, within Stellenbosch University, and they have been uh, intense. So sometimes the transition becomes much easier if you are absorbed within that work environment. But when you transition to another uh, work environment, you studied something, and now you you're becoming a, a young professional. So it's just to adjust your focus on aligning with the work environment strategy. Uh, it's it's quite very important to align yourself with what the environment stands for. And again, with people skills, uh, learn personality traits because uh, it's one of the core uh, issue of concern when it comes to our staff climate culture survey that is conducted from 2017 19 and 2021 it's another thing that we see that uh, the issue of uh, personality traits and communication styles we they are clashes when it comes to communication how we relate with one another within the workspace because now the young generations are joining into the forces they find the the the, the baby boomers they find uh, different uh, uh, personalities within the workspace and different generations. So how the young people engage and how the old people engage, it's very different. So it's very important to, to learn those skills and watch and learn, and where possible provide inputs without coming across as if you're aggressive. And networking within the institution and even outside, make sure that you you network with people that will allow you to flourish and learn more and continue learning and sticking to the work ethics, it's far more important, it's the core of the matter, that at least one can stick to the work work, uh, ethics within the institution, making sure that whenever there's a need, then you make use of the support services, emotional support services that is available. That's
0: awesome, thank you so much for that. And I think, you know, you just sort of brought up such an interesting point and something I've realized about myself, how, you know, when I was a student, I was sort of isolated in the sense that I determined my own schedule. Basically, you know, I was working by means of what I knew and what like I sort of what worked for me, if that makes sense. And as you enter into you know, the, the working world, you realize, you know, from eight to five, you know, you're on the clock, you're on the job. Um, and it's it's just been it's so interesting. And I think also that you've just brought up, you know, the different sort of discourses that we have, you know, when sort of younger people are entering into the w- workforce. And, and I think it's it, it boils down to really being intentional. Um, you know, about how we sort of get to know people, how we sort of understand how the dynamics work. And and then, as you've said, obviously focusing on what it is that the job is and, and learning and networking. Um. So thank you so, so much for that. Um. So I see people have some hands up, which is awesome. We love hands. Um, so I'm going to give over to Anas.
2: Thanks, Nopi. Uh, Shibu, I just want to ask you any hands-on tips for line managers in these difficult times to keep their... Uh, staff motivated and on top of the world, of on top of their game.
1: Thank you, Anas. Uh, the the t- The key tip is uh, one-on-one uh, catch-up. That's 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 the powerful one uh, for line managers. Uh, those moments, even if it's via teams or it's via uh, Face to face, but we encourage face to face interaction rather than teams uh, uh, catching up. I think it's the most uh, important one, where the line manager will be catching up with the the employee to say, "How are you? In terms of your well-being, not not necessarily the work part. Yes, we will come to the work side, mm-hmm. but then you, as an individual, are you coping? Are you are you are you managing? Is everything fine with you? We we build relationships starting from there so that they know they can trust you as as a line manager, they can speak up, they can speak to you as the line manager. And when there's a point of concern, then the line manager can also refer, link them to the resources that is available. And focusing on the uh, the work dynamics or the work focus, the performance issues, making sure that communication is very clear in terms of their roles, what role, what is their role, the goals, the objectives thereof, and the agreements, you need to agree on certain things. So I think the linemen managers need to be open, engage more with the staff, and when there is a need, then they can link them to the resources in order to make sure that their employees are being cared for.
0: Thank you so so much for for that, Shibu. And just before I give over to Shaul, to perhaps the question that I can also ask related to that is sort of how do how can employees also be more mindful? of the line managers sort of boundaries and also like the mental health and the well-being of the line manager because because, you know, like at the end of the day, it's sort of I can understand how at times it can perhaps be a little bit taxing, you know, when maybe the line manager, the manager isn't doing so well or is quite, you know, busy and has a lot to do, but then still needs to obviously, as you said, you know, have those one on one connections um, um with with their staff.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's also it's 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 twofold. You know, uh, and if if you see that your line managers also there, there is some struggles though. Sometimes they, it's not easy for a line manager to speak to the juniors to see they're struggling. Uh, but whenever you you pick up that sl- the, the slack and the the leg of the the disengagement thereof, uh, it's it's hard to to go over to them. But then at least there there'll be someone within the work environment. I think uh, if if my memory serves me well, uh, within the institution there are uh, members or bodies within the work environment. I'm I'm told, who are ambassadors of wellness, and if there are issues of concerns that we see within the workspace, we can tap into them and notify to say this is what I see and this is what I I I I observed and this is what I have been documenting and I think we need help so I think within the work environment before it can go out within the work environment there are some ambassadors when it comes to wellness and if I'm not wrong even with with the transformation issues yeah they are also available to assist when there is a need
0: awesome thank you so so much for that Um, am
2: Yes, I don't have a question. I just have two comments. One on the question that you asked in the beginning was the importance for I think when students come up and become staff members, I think importantly within our environments to except for the line managers to actually make sure that we that we also give uh, those young um, employees the, um, a mentor because I think sometimes we we miss the opportunity to actually mentor people through that transitional process, and I think it's important that one actually have those kind of things in place. And then um, on the question now around line managers, and I think there's also the um, managers who, uh, and people who have been willing to in the coaching environment, but to to act as those kind of bodies for for line managers, and there's quite a range of them at the moment at the university, um, and it's it's important to also understand know who those people are so that we can reach out to those kind of people to for assistance as well as line managers that is
0: thank you so so much for that t you want to say something
1: yes i want to add on from what charles has shall has just mentioned uh, in, in in relation to mentoring uh, last year there was a survey uh, from margaret o and Almin because they are the coaches within stellenbosch university they They have uh, formulated an a Sun mentor, which was widely shared uh, within the institution for members who need to be mentored and for those who would like to mentor the young professionals. and for those who have been within the institution and and they've been on they've been working for long, but then they need to be mentored in order to improve uh, within the workspace and their career. So uh, I will share the link uh, after this meeting uh, of the Sun Mentor where one can register to become either a mentor or to be mentored. And there's a variety of mentors on that site, people who volunteer to become mentors and people who volunteer to become coaches and people who are willing to be mentored. So I'll share the link after this meeting
0: that's a super awesome um piece of information that you've shared and i think that this is why such sessions sorry are so incredibly valuable because now i'm already thinking okay well i would definitely love a mentor um so thank you so so much for that and we'll definitely make sure that everyone um has access to that um and i see that the last hand that we have is um Karenisa, please correct me if I have pronounced your name wrong, um, but yes, go for it. Thanks, it's Karenisa, but close enough. Thank you so much. Got it. Shibu, thank you very much for this important presentation, and I especially like the the part where you spoke about how managers can um, motivate their staff. I think that's incredibly helpful because that was going to be my second question. My question um, to you is, what is the university's plan to reintegrate people who have had long-term illness with COVID and long COVID?
1: Uh, we, we're currently working with our occupational health uh, from campus health services and our medical aid discovery, MediHELP, help for you, Health for me and others. So we, we, we're consolidating a list. There are those who have decided to come up. They've referred themselves uh, because we encourage self-help and self-referral from employees and there are those who are being referred by their line managers and there are those who are being referred from the occupational uh, health so we're trying to come up with a with a list a holistic list and plan of action on how are we going to reintegrate them because each individual they have their different needs and and capability and we also work with our uh, occupational therapist uh, we see that there is a need of uh, functional capacity evaluation or assessment now uh, now that we've been re- working remotely and mental health is not something that started yesterday, it has been there even before 2019 and even before my time uh, in Stellenbosch University, mental health has been there, especially in higher education, there's high pressure, there's competition from the academics and even support side. So. We de- we design uh, the reintegration uh, when it comes to those who are experiencing long COVID. There are those uh, there are interventions that we're we planning to conduct from our. We currently busy with the USB in Tigerberg, and every Wednesday I'm in Tigerberg, and Sister Annika is is doing assessments Tuesdays and Thursdays in Tigerberg. When it, come, when it relates to those who are experiencing long COVID. And apart from the long COVID, there are other uh, mental issues or other illnesses that are impacting when it comes to productivity. So there are a variety of uh, interventions that we, we are planning to do, but the challenge is we cannot do a group thing because within a group, it might not speak to you as an individual because we need to do one-on-one assessment with an individual, then we come up with an action plan. We link with the environment, we link with the HR practitioner and where where, where it's needed, then we link with other partners within Stellenbosch and outside providers. So it's a comprehensive uh, uh, program and it needs more hands and it's going to take long. So it's something that we're going to continually do it. It's not for now, it's something that it's continuing within the work environment and even now that the report is out for the climate and culture survey that was done last year. So when they when they they are going to give feedback to the environments so it will be linked in or it will be incorporated into the action plans. So we will be throwing back to the work environment to come up with action plans. What is it that they need from us uh, from the world aside? To support them and what is it that they're going to do in order to improve the well-being of their staff in different faculties and departments.
0: Thank you Shibu, I'm curious as to when this started because when I made this inquiry with HR last year they said there was no plans for reintegrating people with long COVID so I mean this is new and I, I would love to contact you and get more information.
1: Mm. Please contact me for for, for, for further interaction because as I say, we we're crafting the intervention plan as per individuals because yeah. each each and every individual is experiencing it differently.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram at FVZS Institute, on Twitter at FVZS, and please subscribe to the podcast for more uploads. Also, please feel free to contact us if you're interested in collaborating on future episodes or if you're interested in one of our short courses and masterclasses. Thank you!